Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan, and I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. I love getting to do this podcast, and I'm wearing a blazer that has like a talent badge in the pocket from a gig I did in like May of 2019. And it just lives in there because it was a really fun gig. I love to remember about it. But it's just funny because like talent <laughs> opportunities are much fewer and far between uh, these days, or at least the kind of like onset type of stuff like that was. Um, and I mean, it was nothing, it was major. I would say like it actually really meant a lot. It wasn't like it was a huge thing, but it was uh, an eating disorder panel at a mental health awareness week in LA. Um, and I was on that panel with some really like heavy hitters and big names and uh, humbled to be there and grateful to get to share what I know about living free in a body of any size, uh, specifically in my body. It's a fat body, but um, I think that the things that limit our freedom in our bodies are pretty universal no matter what size you are. Um, anyway, just grateful to have been able to do that and grateful to have an opportunity like this, my podcast, where I get to just connect with folks and share things that are important to me and things that have helped me heal uh, because if I don't share it with other people, um, then that's selfish, right? I've done so much healing and I'm so grateful. Um, today's episode is with my good friend Deidre. Um, I love the stuffing out of her. She's amazing. And um, she's someone who I've admired since I met her uh, and continues to hold my admiration. Um, I've thought of her as a big sister for a long time. And we, even though she's younger than me, she's like a year younger than me, but um, she likes to say, I think you think I'm a, a big sister because I have kids. And I don't think that actually it's because she knows so much about cannabis <laughs> and she teaches me about it all the time. And I feel like um, in many ways, cannabis is such a, an interesting and intricate experience. And so truly are like plants in general, especially plant medicine. There's so much to know. I mean, just think about herbalists and how long they have to go to school and just how much there is to understand to really uh, grasp all the things that our plants can heal us and how we can heal with the plants that do heal us. And anyway, so she's just constantly growing in that area, um, especially during the pandemic. I've seen her learn a lot about how uh, plant medicine can help vibe us up. And even especially about how her houseplant ex <laughs> obsession has kind of increased. So I wanted to have her back on the podcast uh, to talk about specifically plants. And um, I definitely, definitely recommend to do this as a double episode with episode number five on my podcast, which is my first interview with Deidre, which goes through her whole backstory. It's it is one of a kind. Deidre is a former Mormon. Um, she came out as a lesbian. She met a, a man and then married a man. And now she's uh, living a full polyamorous life and being out as someone who's living in a polyamorous triad, plus being a homeschooling mom, plus running the Glowing Goddess Getaway, which is just, uh, which she's the co-founder of, uh, with Celine, who I've also had on this podcast who I also greatly admire and also feel is a cannabis big sister. Um, but I also, I just want to say like, not a lot of people hold my admiration over time. Uh, I'm a person who grows a lot. And so if people are also growing, that's what holds my admiration because I really like people who are constantly just on the move to uncover a better and better version of themselves. And I think that comes from like an anti-perfection uh, experience, honestly, because if you're a perfectionist, it's really hard to grow because it's hard to admit that you need to grow in specific areas, right? Um, and when you're a perfectionist, truly, it's just hard to start. Um, I find uh, every time I do something, it kind of just comes back to perfectionism. <laughs> like recently, I've been uh, really struggling to follow through with time blocking and managing my time. And oh, and I don't like to even say time management because you can't actually manage time. You can only really manage your priorities. I think that's very empowering. Um, but like trying to like line up how I block my time uh, between meetings. I'm very accountable with the calendar. I'm very accountable with gigs. Uh, it's just harder for me to follow through with time blocks, like saying, oh, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. I'm going to do this task or I'm going to upload these videos to YouTube or whatever, whatever, right? And that stuff just like 
tends to fall through the cracks because I don't, I, I'm learning. I'm learning how to level up in that area, right? So I'm, I promise to you, I vow to you, gentle listener, that I will always continue to grow uh, so that I have more things that I can help share. Um, I hope you love this episode and I hope it uh, helps you learn a little bit more about how you can connect to plants and heal. Um, and I super appreciate you uh, just subscribing, liking if that if you feel moved to do that. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, I am an artist who is fully supported by Patreon. Patreon is a membership support site that helps folks like me create content for folks like you. Uh, you join on a monthly level and you get lots of different benefits. I'm always trying to add value to my Patreon. Um, the flagship tier is 25 bucks a month for Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, the full shebang. You get on-demand aerobics. There's always six classes available, and now I'm adding classes from teachers I'm swapping with, so you get a few bonus videos too. Um, but also at the 2 and $5 level, you're going to get to go to any of my Zoom aerobics classes, um, which is included in, um, in that $25 tier, plus uh, spiritual lessons that I share that I think will benefit you. I'm actually creating a little curriculum this year of the 12 uh, biggest cornerstones of my spiritual self-care practice. Um, and so I've already shared one from last month. Um, it was about protection. It was specifically about uh, utilizing the spiritual energy of dragons. Um, and I chose to start with that both because I think it really helps with coronavirus. Any of my Reiki clients that I've worked with uh, with coronavirus, I specifically utilize that dragon energy. Uh, so I thought that was salient for the times. But also, uh, the person I learned it from isn't even teaching it anymore, isn't doing anything metaphysical. So, uh, which is weird to have a teacher, like, do a, a hard right turn. But I have to say, I actually really appreciate people who are so in tune with who they are that they're willing to change and they're willing uh, to move forward in a new way. Um, so I hope this helps you. If you want to see this conversation in person, like visually, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is self-care party and just look up Deidre. It'll probably be one of the most recent uploads. But if you're watching this in the future, self-care party, look for Deidre, get plants a chance. Um, and also if you're on my Patreon, I am going to do an upload of next week's episode, uh, with the YouTube video, uh, with Substantia Jones. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast and I already recorded it and it just looks really good. And I'm like, Oh, how can I add value? So anyway, patreon.com slash FKDP. It stands for fat kid dance party. The link is in the show notes and here's Deidre. Okay. Deidre, welcome to the podcast! Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be back. Um, we're doing it on Zoom now, but the first time, I just want to reminisce about the times where we could be in person and we were on your porch recording so that. I think, I don't even remember what episode number it was. I'll put, I'll put it in the show notes, but I feel like it was like before I even started numbering them, so pre-number 10. Because, um, cool. you know, you're one of my Mormon friends and I love getting my... Mormon friends who have become like incredible humans outside of the confines of dogma and religiosity. Um, and also I just, I learn new Mormon things from you every time we talk, like just now the made up Mormon names, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah they do name their kids some really unique and interesting things, mm -hmm. including your family, like back in the, in the day, your brother's name is can you share your brother's name? Is that too much? Of oh, yeah. Totally. I'm comfortable with that. My brother's name is Amron. So A-M-R-O-N. And my parents like kind of made it up, but it's kind of like Book of mormon -y. It's kind of like a Mormon creative compilation name. Yeah. And I was relating that to my friend McKay, who I've also had on the podcast, who is also former Mormon. And their siblings all have really fun made up names that, that, that sound oddly formal and fun at the same time, like Amron, right? Yeah, totally. 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 Okay. So it's rare that I dive into an episode already knowing what I'm going to call it, but this one is clearly Give Plants a Chance, which uh, is like the theme of Deidre's life. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, I want to hit three main things. I want to talk today about uh, eating plants. I want to talk about smoking and imbibing plant medicine for the glow up that we need. Um, and then I want to talk about house plants as a form of healing. Um, let's start with plant medicine, just because like the last time we talked, you taught me about DMT and I just want you to just say exactly what you said, describe it, teach on it. What is it? How do we glow up with it? 
Okay, so there are lots of plant medicines, uh, psychedelic plant medicines. When they're used for like a spiritual purpose, we call psychedelic plant medicines entheogens. Mm -hmm. And uh, the strongest of all the entheogenic plants, uh, arguably, I think that there's compelling evidence that it is, is uh, DMT, which is dimethyltryptamine. And it is orally active in ayahuasca, which is the um, Amazonian brew that helps you connect with uh, the spirit realm. And it causes you to go on a medicine journey, right? Where you connect with other beings. Like that's a, a universal principle in the DMT journey is you connect with other beings that you um, have some sort of purge or release and that you really like get in touch with your inner truth, you know, on a deep and meaningful, profound level. When people do ayahuasca, they do it with a shaman. That's not something that you just do at home. It's not like a party drug. It's hard to find. It's not like a, a street drug. It's very much plant medicine. And I was sharing with Bevan that ayahuasca is kind of hard to find in the U.S. because it's uh, indigenous to South America, but not North America. <clears throat> but what you can find in North America is DMT, which is kind of like an ayahuasca extraction, you could call it. It's uh, the dimethyltryptamine, which is the active, major active ingredient. But instead of being orally active where you drink it as a tea, as ayahuasca, DMT is vaporized, smoked, inhaled, however you want to say it, right? You put fire to it and you inhale it. Um, and it lasts very a very short amount of time and there's no real uh come down effect uh it's called the dream drug dmt is because it is the um chemical component that allows you to have an altered consciousness dream experience so when you fall asleep and you're in rem that rem state you are releasing DMT in your body. Um, it is uh, <clears throat> hypothesized to be manufactured in your pineal gland, which is like commonly referred to in spiritual circles as your third eye. And it's literally located right here inside of your skull. There is a like a gland that secretes a horm hormones. Uh, DMT is one of them. It helps you dream. Uh, DMT also your body like scavenges it really fast, which is why when you wake up from a dream, you can't like hold it. You can't keep it. Your body's breaking it down as soon as possible. It doesn't like to let you have dimethyltryptamine in your system. It's okay with your system having the constituent elements, the chemical components of it, but it doesn't want it in that molecule. It doesn't like it. So this could explain some of why when you come back from a dream, the dream fades quickly. Also why if you do have a DMT trip, even though it only lasts like five to 15 minutes and you come out of it like waking up, that's like the most come down there is, is the sense of waking up. And, um, but it feels like you've had this like multi-year experience. Maybe you really get outside of time. That's what's so pro profound about DMT. You close your eyes because um, your reality kind of dissolves before your eyes and you close your eyes, you're still having these closed eyed visuals and it's as though you are traveling through the psychedelic realm, you are kind of outside of your body, it's an out of body experience. It is fully 100% encompassing. You are not in this reality. You go to a different one. It is nothing like magic mushrooms or peyote or even like acid, LSD. It's nothing like those where it's like a combination of this reality kind of altered and shifted. This is like, no, you're out of your body. You're out of this reality. You're out of physical reality. You're in another space. And people kind of, um, if you have a high enough dose of DMT to truly like have a see God experience, people kind of universally report that they connect with other entities outside of themselves that feel very different from a psychedelic um, 
what do they call it when you see things? What's it called when you're tripping? Oh, like a the haze or something, or like no, the... like a, a a hallucination. Like oh, this yeah. is not a hallucination, but thank you. This is not a hallucination. This is like a full on um, altered consciousness state where you're having what feels like legitimately real experiences with beings outside of yourself who have more understanding of reality than you do, like higher beings, more educated, more evolved, something like that. Um, it's really interesting. And you can, that DMT has been studied, researched. Um, there are like, uh, like academic studies and books that you can read about it. There is a book called DMT. Uh, it's also a documentary called DMT based on the book. And I believe it was on Netflix last I checked. I don't know if it's currently on Netflix, but if not, you can watch it on YouTube somewhere. They're free. It's easy to find them. You can learn a lot about what is the most profound of all the entheogenic experiences. It's definitely like life shifting, life altering. People who go to South America and participate in ayahuasca ceremonies often come back new people, changed people because their previous priorities shift in the light of an eternal perspective. It's really crazy. And I'll say like, I think the importance of an eternal perspective is that it when we live in the matrix and we're raised like literally just raised within this matrix of like limitations and very few people are raised in a way where our genius is preserved i think 98 percent of toddlers are at a genius level but by the time they're 10 years old if they've gone to regular school i know you're a homeschooling mom for many reasons but like once they go to regular school like it's like some radically like under 10 percent are still geniuses and it's so sad what all of these boxes we put people in and it's just how we're taught we don't know how to be out of this matrix but i love plant medicines for helping me elevate away from the actual matrix and i'll say my experience of being the most high i've ever been on cannabis I felt I was truly out of the matrix. I was just like in a different plan, a different area, time and space didn't exist. It was at a getaway. It <laughs> did, oh, it was at a getaway. Did you, um, yeah, because I also host the Glowing Goddess Getaway, uh, <laughs> featuring Fat Kid Dance Party, Canicide. <laughs> um, so was it uh, just like smoking or dabbing or was it edibles or was it a combination how did you get your most high experience okay so i was um at the breakfast table at the glowing goddess getaway which is like i love the getaways because they're just luxuriant it's feasting it's energy it's like coming together to vibe up together right so there's like as an empath i'm like feeling everybody's good vibes and like there's dragonflies flying everywhere and Celine comes by and I'm not a dabber at home. I only dab at the getaway, but like by the time I'm on like day two of the getaway, I'm, I've been stoned for a while. And so it's not, nothing really hits me that hard except for Celine's honey badger. And she was like, she remembers me taking lots of hits, but I was like, no, that was you. I took one hit from your honey badger. And then I, and I thank God I had had a big breakfast. Cause like, I just like yeah. was as high as I could be. And like out of the matrix and like, and all I could do, cause I knew the smart, I knew enough uh, that like I could look at the dragonflies and connect to them. And that would keep me steady. Cause it's really scary when you're, when you lose your feet. Cause that's what it feels like when you lose reality, you kind of lose your feet out from under you. And, and I was glad my bed was really nearby, but there was no way I could get to my bed. Cause I didn't really, have, I was just laying on the table, just laying with my little head down just being stoned. Everyone else left, cleaned up breakfast. There was a yoga class going on. It was really beautiful, <laughs> but I was out of reality. So I love plant. And I can't get there with cannabis typically. What, which, where were you at? Where was this at? Uh, Southern Oregon. So it was where Southern Oregon. Okay. This was a magical getaway. It was a good one. It was a really good one. I mean, all the getaways are magical in their own way, but like they all have their own personalities. Like we had the witchy one in the Berkshires where like we ran out of joints because everyone there smoked joints and weren't big dabbers. Like the nobody wanted to dab. It was so crazy. We were like trying to sell dabs. Um, what I love when you describe um, your work with, uh, with plant medicine, um, you say like it reveals the truth to you. So like when I do a dab, like a dream dab and facilitate that, then um and you'll come up with a dream and then you'll say like oh the next time i did like a mushroom experience then i knew it was the truth um 
right? Because these truths come to us as dreams first and foremost, and then it becomes more and more of a a calling, I like to say, like, I kind of know what my callings are now. And like, I can know, and I really am working to discern the difference between a God idea and a good idea. So I don't, I want to keep my life simple so that I can really enjoy it. Right. So I'm really focusing on doing the things that are true for me. And I love plant medicine for revealing our truths. Yeah. Um, I find that like, I turn to plant medicine regularly when I need to connect with my own inner truth that is separate from like the noise and the responsible choice and what I've been trained to do and you know like what I think I should do because you can get real deep into the matrix in your head with all of the programming and training and conditioning that happens from living in this reality where I feel that plant medicine uh, really strips away all the voices, strips away all the conditioning. It is tabula rasa. It gives you a true clean slate for you to perceive. People call mushroom trips and stuff resets because it does, it resets your perspective. It grounds you in you. Um, I really love the quote by Terrence McKenna. Um, Don't follow gurus, follow plants. And it's real. You can't like there is no guru for your life. That's you, which means the only truth that can be revealed to you is through you, like your deepest truths, not the only truth. Plenty of truths can come through other people, but your deepest truths come from inside of yourself Mm -hmm. and plants you can put inside of yourself. And they can help you bubble your truth to the surface, help you grow your truth and see it, see that vision. Plants help me take what I like secretly know, like like that simmering undercurrent of truth that maybe I haven't connected with yet. They'll bring it through to my forefront, to my consciousness. They'll not just bring it forward for me, They'll put it center stage. They will revolve my entire existence around that truth and show me how to recenter my life going forward with this truth being uh, like an integrated piece of who I now am rather than me hoping, wishing, dreaming, visioning, searching, you know, all of that feels like I'm looking out for something, but plants really help me turn in. And so this isn't just medicine that's like healing the body or healing depression or calming anxiety. This is like spiritual visionary medicine that is healing your soul so that your purpose is so great that your body has to give you healthy, strong, positive energy to support this God-like purpose, you know? I think something that's really been landing for me recently is that every beginning is some other beginning's end. Um, <sighs> that's a great 90s lyric you just pulled out. And it's, <laughs> more, it's more true now than ever as we're watching systems crumble around us and our government wildly fail to support uh, our population. Um, and through, I, through this pandemic, I think it's just been all the cracks are exposed through the Black Lives Matter movement. All the cracks are exposed 100%. and it's time to like shatter, you know, and it's like we have to change the way we do government. We first of all have to get rid of the donor class, like getting money out of politics and making fully publicly funded elections. So our government governing officials can actually work full time as leaders instead of mostly fundraisers and like focusing on the interests of like big prison and big, uh, you know, big military, and all of those and big pharmaceutical, right? Like all of these things like can be healed um, if we choose to change, right? And it's just, it's just showing us like the pandemic showing us the rich are getting richer and poor people are getting left behind and it's up to mutual aid to fill the gaps. Right. And I think mutual aid is the answer because when we come from a place of solidarity rather than charity, you know, I saw you post that the other day and I was just like, this is it. This is the, this is the language for how I feel. Mutual aid is the answer. So as a social uh, community, like a, a social movement, the glowing goddesses, I feel like that's going to be a key integral piece of how we operate as a community. So I think that's really cool. And I wanted to tie this into, if it's okay with you, into eating plants. Mm 
Sure. Because when you talk about like inequity and sustainability and all those things, that really talks to me about eating plants as medicine, eating plants as healing, eating plants as a sustainable practice. Because the thing is, I eat plants for a lot of reasons and it's real trendy, real trendy to eat plants for a lot of reasons. Veganism is on the rise. It's super cool amongst celebs. It's like real trendy to like be more compassionate to animals. And I think that's epic. But I think that we really miss the boat when we overlook what plants, like that's just like no more eating animals. That's the focus. That's not the focus for me. The focus is on why eat plants. Mm -hmm. And the reason we should be eating plants is because they're the most gentle thing that our bodies eat, which means we digest them easiest, we extract nutrients easiest, we extract essential vitamins easiest from plants, way easier than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. So that's helpful for us. Um, In addition, it's sustainable. Um, Plant agriculture is more sustainable for the majority of our calories as humans on earth than animal agriculture. Animal agriculture is not sustainable as the primary calorie source on this planet. It's not sustainable. We're literally wrecking that Amazonian rainforest that provides us this magical medicine with cattle. You know, like that's something that's really happening right now. It's devastation. Cattle is the number one devastation to the Amazon. Cattle is the number one devastation in greenhouse gas emissions and climate change. Cattle, we're not talking about it. No one wants us to. But the thing is, if we eat plants, it's not only to support our own health, it supports the health of the planet as well. And I think that's a really big deal. And then it's more sustainable for you. The the humans that live the longest, the centurions, those who are living 100 years and more, they are all eating plant-based diets. Mm -hmm. Did I say they were 100% vegan? No. They're getting the majority of their calories from plants, whole food plant-based diets. So it's just a really ethical and sustainable practice for humans to eat plants. And beyond all that, super healing for our bodies. And so I feel like eating plants and using plant medicine kind of go hand in hand. Uh, They're very symbiotic for our ecosystem, for our planet, for our, um, but they're also very symbiotic for us because when you eat cleaner, I know that's like not cool to create this dichotomy of clean and dirty, but um, when you eat unprocessed foods, whole foods, Uh, you get more access, not just to nutrients, but to plant medicines. So you you get more out of your cannabis when your system is, is running on plants. Your system can utilize more of the cannabinoids. It can utilize more of the psychoactive components of all plant medicine when you've been eating more plants. Plants beget plants beget plants. And they all help you like run better on more plants. I mean, I couldn't, I, I totally agree. I also like that you clocked the clean eating because it is like when you add morality to food, it creates eating disorders, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's just- I'm very anti-diet culture. I have a very specific way I eat, which makes people think that I'm trying to achieve a certain aesthetic or I'm trying to, you know, like keep, fit or something. But really what I'm trying to do is eat in a sustainable way for my body, my life and my planet. You know, um, I frankly, like I, uh, I, I'm a cannabis chef. So I had a cannabis edibles business for a long time, which means that I'm very well versed on hazard management in the kitchen, right? Cross contamination and all these, you know, problems that we can have in food production. So as a plant-based eater, it is like this level of anxiety that it leaves me in the kitchen when I'm never worried about cross-contaminating anything 
ever that I can't accidentally food poison my family makes me feel really good. Like that's what it reduces the stress. Cause when I do bring animal products into the kitchen, which I do occasionally, I, I do not claim to be vegan because I occasionally eat fish and fowl. Uh, it's very rare and um, it's not my body's preference. And that's really what I'm trying to honor. And it's also doesn't feel sustainable. Like I, um, I couldn't raise the animals to eat them on a daily or weekly basis. Like I'm not into that lifestyle. And so I feel like uh, occasionally having some splurge with fish or fowl uh, that is generally rooted around tradition is when we eat it is like around some sort of traditional family experience or memory. Uh, we don't eat turkey at Thanksgiving. So it's not just like a rote tradition that we're trying to, to fill, but like there are moments in your life where you clay, like crave a connection to your past that sometimes you can get through your plate. And, and I, and I feel like, um, I feel like that's a gift sometimes. And sometimes uh, that's a gift I'm willing to, to be part of for my family. So, yeah. I mean, I love the flexibility. I also love that you figured out what worked for you. Right. And, yeah. and for me, like I need, it's so funny because I was vegetarian for seven years and it turns out like I was just eating opposite. I, I was like a French fry vegan. You know what I mean? It was like, oh. And, and also like junk food and a lot of stuff that doesn't serve me, like when I was vegetarian and eating dairy, like I don't eat dairy now because it's like the opposite of what my body wants. Um, if I could eat ice cream, I'd eat it all. And I would, I just can't like, and it's fine. Like, and, and something I try to do as a person who focuses on plants, but still eats meat is chasing down 40 different, um, things that grew out of the earth every week, like for optimal gut health. You want to have a diversity of the flora that's coming into you. Um, and so that's kind of a fun adventure everywhere. I don't even know that I hit 40, but like, you know, if I had a big family and a, a lot of food going through, I think I could hit 40. Um, yeah, too. Because when you're like grains and nuts and fruits and vegetables and spices, you know, like you're definitely hitting at least 40 without even trying, I would bet. I hope. Um, so I want to talk to you also about like um, doing, oh, and one last thing about the plants that you eat is that ultimately what you're bringing into your body becomes your cells. And when your cells replicate, that's what creates the aging process. So if you are vain like me and my grandmother, and you're looking for things to like, just slow down the aging process. He's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Plants, plant, I, I make a broth like pretty regularly. I try to have a, a cup. I typically do bone broth, but sometimes it's just veggie broth depending on who I'm also cooking for. I have a vegetarian neighbor I cook for. Um, and, and just having that broth is a great way to get a lot of veggies in. Um, it's a great way to use your veggie ends. Um, I love feeling like I'm a waste not want not, right? So like, I love to, you know, when I chop my veggies, throw the ends in a freezer bag and then eventually that becomes a broth and then that becomes nourishment. And it's a very available form of nourishment. Um, just a nice little long simmered broth. I like to throw a little chamomile in there because I can always use it. Oh, that's nice. What a great idea. Mm -hmm. I love it. And uh, so I want to talk to you about microdosing and utilizing plant medicine to kind of, I don't know, for me, it's like transcending this, this pandemic reality. Like if I get a chance, like m many days of the week to just level up my experience and vibe up with plants, I'm gonna. Um, and I, I went on a microdosing adventure, which thank God you're my friend. Cause you helped me kind of figure out what works for me. Cause when I was doing microdose first, it didn't feel like I was having enough. And then I tried taking uh, like eating the mushrooms in a different way. And then it still didn't feel like enough. And then I tried more. And then I vaguely saw Dolly Parton's face in the moon. And I was like, I know I could be tripping and I'm not tripping. Right. Like it was like, I was so close. It's like getting close to orgasm and not finishing. So then I was like, this isn't it. So then you were, you suggested to me to do like a reset trip instead of like uh microdosing, which like, I think I just want to hear more about your experience microdosing and then also like your your recipe for a reset trip, which worked great for me and really helped me get into my truth and, and out of this reality. Yeah, well, I love microdosing as a general like anti-anxiety, antidepressant. 
creative boost, you know? Um, I think there are lots of mushrooms, not just magic mushrooms that like can enhance your cognitive ability, your brain functioning, uh, as well as like supplement your diet, your gut biome, like mushrooms are really wonderful. They're not exactly plants, but they come from the earth. So I feel like they belong in the umbrella. Um, I certainly mean mushrooms when I say give plants a chance. <laughs> I mean, all of it. Um, so microdosing is, is a really great uh, proactive kind of regimen you can put yourself on. Um, and I like a micro dose. I cannot say that enough. And I am talking about like point, like point one to point two, like very small of a gram. So like a 10th to 10 to 20% of a gram. That's it. A, you know, quarter of the gram tippy top. If you just accidentally weigh wrong and you're like, okay, I'll do it just this one time. Um, but like literally I'm trying to get between 0.10 and 0.20. And I like that once every two to three days. I don't like it daily. Um, when I, uh, those mushroom studies bear out that when you do them daily, they lose efficacy, you know, because you get like too used to it, but that also that they can work intermittently. Like you don't, then your brain doesn't require them daily for them to have this continual reset kind of micro reset in your brain so that you don't get bogged down in the matrix. Right. I feel like that's what it's doing. It's kind of keeping you like free of the matrix so you can continue to flow through rea reality. And that when you don't, you're kind of just getting like stuck, stuck to you and you can't flow anymore. And like it gets stuck, you get stuck. So I find that mushrooms are great if you're feeling stuck, um, microdosing especially. But if you do need that reset experience, you need an experience where you wanna alter your perception, shift your reality, shift your relationship with your thoughts, get to a place where you can journal and you can create, express, um, and tap into yourself without the noise. Um, I, I like, uh, like two to three grams, dried grams, two to three dried grams. Um, I like to consume it in a way that I can't taste it. That's my favorite thing. So um, I like yogurt for that. So uh, I like to put like, I like to grind, coarsely grind my mushrooms after I've weighed them and put them into like each bite of yogurt and kind of like stir it inside so that I can just like swallow the yogurt, not like close my mouth around it, not just swallow the yogurt but the mushrooms are in there and it goes down easy and it tastes lovely. And I like to eat my mushrooms. If I'm going to have a full trip, that's what I call a full trip, two to three grams. Mm -hmm. Hero dose is like four to five grams. And that's like a really like see God kind of reset. I'm just trying to like get to my own see Deidre kind of reset, you know? See Deidre. Yeah. Because God, God is expressing through Deidre uniquely. So, you know. Right. But I'm just trying to see Deidre. I more <laughs> I can really see God, but I'm just trying to see Deidre. So, um, so I find two to three grams is the answer. I like to eat it early in the day because I like to be tripping both during the daylight and the night because mm -hmm. I like to connect with the outside world. Um, in the day when I can see the trees and watch the wind and feel the sun on my face and have those very tactile uh, connections to nature. And then at night, I want to see the stars. I want to see the moon if I can. I want to see the great beyond and have that sense of awe in the universe. Um, so yeah, so I like to eat my mushrooms like between two and four in the afternoon so that I can be in bed by like midnight because I can't sleep during the height of a mushroom trip. So I need to taper off so I can get to bed so I can really try to rest and then get up and take an, that whole next day off to just integrate mm -hmm. the kind of truth that's come out of me. Um, so it's like a two day commitment for me um, and about three, two and a half, three grams. Yeah.
Okay, so this is the recipe you gave me, which worked really well for me, and it's le it's way less than yours. So oh yeah, that was so long. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, it wasn't too long. It's just like these are all different ways of, and this is the thing about plant medicine. It's folk medicine still, so we're like just sharing it amongst women, right? Like connecting. This is how I heal. This is how you heal. So you had me take a cannabis edible. Um, at my preferred dose. So like I took, um, for me, it's my dose is 50 milligrams. Of this. Well, this is because you were going to be doing it alone. Aren't I right? This yeah. is the, this is the recipe for if you're solo session, okay. because that means no one's going to support you through this. Yeah. What I just described is very supported. Like okay. <laughs> there's people around me who are helping me navigate these realities and, and do these things. Yeah. This is the solo experience. So anyone can do this at any time. Let's be real. Okay. So this is solo experience. Um, so I took a gram, like a full gram and of mushrooms plus 50 milligrams for cannabis. Plus I ate a little chocolate. Cause I also think that part of the chocolate vibes up the mushroom experience. Coca cacao is medicine for sure. Cacao is used like in ceremony. It is real medicine. Yeah. I love it. And like, and of course, like everyone talks about how much they love chocolate and I really like truly love chocolate. Like I think it's truly part of just medicine. Like I have a few little, like, um, very low sugar chocolate chips every day, right? Like not every day, but a lot of days, just like a little yeah. bit. It's, it's so happy. Um, I don't, I, all this guilt around food is such a waste of time. Um, so take it with a little bit of chocolate and you said for me to have something like to wear cozy clothes, have my journal ready, have music without lyrics ready. And I just happened to be simmering a pot of applesauce, which smelled really amazing. And it's really like just thinking about how I can curate my space to create a full sensory experience while I'm doing something to get to the truth of me. And I will say I was planning to go into the woods and have part of it be outside. And that was too much for me. I just, I felt oh. my body. I just, I always ask what, what does my body want? No matter what I'm doing. And like my body wanted the body can't lie. The brain can lie. The body can't lie. Yes, exactly. And your body is your, is your antenna to your higher self and your intuition. And, uh, you can even use your body as a pendulum. Um, if you just like get rooted and grounded, yes is front to back, no is side to side, and you ask yes or no questions. And it, it, it really helps me with decision-making all the time. Um, and so like, but I did my reset trip and I just laid on my bed and I wrote in my journal and I cried and I laughed and I cried and I laughed and like just did the thing and it was perfect. It was the perfect thing. And then the next time I did a little like reset trip, I wanted to go in the forest. So I only took 0.75 milligrams of mushrooms with okay. And it was perfect for me. And I cried. And, and I, you combined it again with the cannabis? Yeah. And I laid in the woods and it was beautiful. And I did not get near as high as I had the time before. And um, when I got back, I took another one to just kind of close the gap to the four. But I didn't even really need it, honestly, because like once I've peaked, I've peaked, I think. Um, and so, but it was beautiful. It was like, and it, I tend to do mushrooms. I'll tell you this when there's chaos going on in the American government. So on inauguration day, on oh. election day, on the Capitol siege day, like on those days, <laughs> that's the day I choose to be like, okay, bye reality. I'm i uh, I'm going to go see what's going on with Bevan and yeah. come back. That's the answer. It's the right thing to do too. You know? Yeah, it is. It's totally um, oh my God. Um, so thank you for, for kind of just being my friend in all of this and like helping me figure out how to use plant medicine more. Um, I really love cannabis for revealing our truth simply because cannabis helps me turn off the bully in my brain that tries to override everything that, you know, like, you know, your body knows and your brain lies. And so like it turns off all of those nasty voices for me and helps me just like be in the moment and set my intentions and experience that. I like to say, where's the party? Um, sung by Madonna, right? In my head, it's where's the party sung by Madonna. And I just like to ask that because like, I think when I get into my party vibe, I am the best version of Bevan, you know? And that's what the people in my life deserve. It's what the people, it's what my aerobics clients deserve. It's what everybody it's what I deserve frankly like um yeah so um speaking of where's the party I know for you your party is with your house plants uh, I love how passionate you are about plants in general but just watching you over the course of quarantine just turn more and more to your dirt 
as a way oh, yeah. of healing. Tell me oh, everything yeah. about your plant, your plant journey during the last 11 months. Yeah. Okay. So I've always had a relationship with plants and cannabis is, um, I'm from the desert. So this does not this did not start in childhood in any way, shape or form. I'm from a place where you don't really garden successfully. Anyone I know, at least. Um, well, actually, that's not completely true, but here's the truth. I didn't really mess with growing plants until I came to cannabis. And so I started my plant growing journey with cannabis wow. and I started growing hydroponically. Then I started growing in soil. So I started at the most advanced, difficult level of growing plants that there is in all of plant cultivation <laughs> communities. Um, so that really, and actually I tried aeroponics, which is more complicated than hydroponics. So I really got my feet wet, dove right into the deep end. And that was more than 10 years ago. Since then, I have had gardens, mostly container gardens, um, uh, flowers, herbs, vegetables, and some houseplants. And my houseplants uh, were not my main source of joy. Like I've had flower gardens and containers on my deck, and that's been like a major source of joy um, and been my safe space, you know, uh, for a long time. But what it's become during quarantine over the last 11 months is houseplants. It's been all about the houseplants. I um, was gifted a houseplant for my 40th birthday in 2019. So right before quarantine in November, I was gifted this houseplant. And when quarantine happened in early 2020, I had this beautiful, it was an anthurium, which is a flowering plant. It's quite lovely. It's a tropical plant. And I had no idea what to do with it. So I overpotted it, which means I put it in way too big of a pot, way too dense of soil. And that was all okay at when I was kind of ignoring it, you know, like I do most of my plants until that point, I house plants. I have a succulent that I've had for more than a decade and it's as tall as I am um, because I mostly ignored it and it worked out. This plant, however, 2020 hit and I started needing to take care of and nurture and there was no getaway and there was no anything and I turned to house plants. So I promptly killed my anthurium with overcare which is overwatering, which means I drowned my plant. And from there, I decided I didn't know enough. I didn't know enough. And so I needed to learn more because I never wanted to kill a plant again because it hurt. It hurt really bad. It was from a dear friend and I really loved it and I hated killing it. It was a terrible experience. So, um, so, over the course of 2020, I went from a handful of house, house and deck plants to uh, roughly 100 house plants in my house now, uh, ranging in size from tiny babies to big trees and, um, and ranging in like kinds of plants. I have cacti cactus and succulents. Uh, very arid plants, love the sun, to tropicals that want all the humidity and lots of shade, um, to just like common house plants, you know, sprinkled throughout my house. Um, and I really love creating these little plant climates for each, you know, they're sorted by like how they live, not what they look like together, you know, but how they like to live. So the people who like a lot of shade and humidity, the people who like a lot of sun and humidity, people, you know, the people who like a lot of sun and no humidity, we're going to take care of everyone and all their different ways. And I love going from place to place in my house and connecting with these plants and watching their leaves grow because being stuck inside has given me a sense of stuckness. The pandemic gave me a very strong sense of stuckness. And I, and I stopped painting. I stopped writing. My creative outlets stopped. My, my morning rituals stopped. Like everything stopped. And I needed a way to like glow up. I had my daily sister sesh, which was epic for connecting to my community. But I needed something for me 
and plants gave it to me. I feel like I watered the plants and they watered me back and that they like, they're growing and changing and evolving and, um, and watching them grow because they do it so much faster than we do and put out new leaves and do all this uh, beautiful life, create this beautiful life and give me this sense of connectedness um, in times when I can't even go use public trails. You know, these things are closed. These ways of connecting with plants that I'm used to aren't the, aren't what I have access to now. So houseplants have been my absolute saving grace, uh, made me stay connected to the goddess side of me in a low key, low pressure sort of way as they did the growing and just watching them grow helped me feel like this would just be a season and that I'd get back to my own growth. And through the winter, I feel like I'm shifting into a phase of, of new growth and more flow myself. So it's been good. It's been really good. That's so good. I really think that, um, I love that when you talk about the different types of plants and what their needs are, you say, these people need this and these people need that. <laughs> They're clearly your friends. Like, let's be honest. Um, Legit. They are my friends. Like they're supporting me in a way that I've never been supported. Like I've never had, I've had dogs, I've had cats, I've had partners. I've, I've never had plants as a support. Having a garden outside that you intend to get something from, very different mm -hmm. than just house plants that you're tending for the beauty and the joy of that experience. Yeah. And from a metaphysical perspective, like there's so much to what houseplants can give us. And I'll say first and foremost for me is like working with fairy magic. Something that is very mm -hmm. clear to me is that fairies only appear when there's dirt. Um, you don't need a lot of dirt for them to show up. But like when I was helping uh, my friend who was going through COVID, I was like, put a plant next to your head so that the fairies can come and help. And like, mm -hmm. and also like plants themselves, like are just vibing and they have all of this good energy to give us and this growth energy. And, and just a reminder that plants never second guess themselves. They're never like, Oh, I can't shine too much. I might hurt someone's feelings or, Oh, I, I, how dare I shine in this way. And they're, nev they're never intimidated by the growth around them. Right. <laughs> they're in fact, probably encouraged to grow by the growth around them. Uh, oh my God. And like, also metaphysically, I'll say this too. The mushrooms in the forest are my friends. When I visit with them and I see them and like, there's a new little, I call them a celebration of mushrooms when more than one appears. Um, and like there, I don't know if that's the clinical term of like a group. Of I love it. I will call it a celebration of mushrooms as well. That's wonderful. And like, and the fact, like, I feel like energetically I get so much from them and like the mycelium network that goes underneath everything and helps the trees talk to each other. I feel like when I touch mushrooms, like it's a way of me connecting to that network and like, and, and just seeing the change. Cause like mushrooms have a very different, um, decay rate like depending on the type some of them like come up and they're decaying right away and some of them come up and you get like a couple months to hang out and like keep visiting them it's like, so cool. rad. and it's rad to see like the ways in which the plants in the forest mimic each other because there's right now there's a mushroom that's coming up it's called fairy fingers commonly and it looks like coral from from the ocean like they're little white fingers that come i've up. seen pictures of it in your stories yeah so i post them every day because the mushrooms are my friends so i post my little my favorite for forest finds every day i love that you did because now i can relate yeah and like and i see them everywhere like um like these little fairy fingers but then i also see their echoes because there's lichen in the trees that look just like them and even the branches of the trees when they come down because none of these clusters are the same they're all different sizes some of them are different shades of white and brown but like they're all related they're all clearly the same mushroom but then they they mimic things and there's other mushrooms that come up that look just like the bark of the douglas fir like it's the same pattern and i'm like this is freaking amazing and like the mushrooms are there's thousands of mushrooms in the forest and like I'm so grateful to have been able to see just in the last year every day I go out and I see I've probably seen hundreds of mushrooms it's it's amazing and it teaches me honestly about change and letting go and letting beginnings happen because of endings because all of those decaying mushrooms are just 
making more, uh, I mean, they're helping to digest the forest so that there can be more mushrooms and fertilize further mushrooms. It's wild. Right. Um, I was, I was reading a thing that say that um, we kill mushrooms to eat them and then we die and feed mushrooms that live, you know, and that like we're part of this mushroom eating animals, eating mushrooms, eating animals, eating mushrooms cycle that I think is very compelling. I think it's amazing. And there's a new way to be buried now that where you can get like zipped up in a mushroom suit. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I'm, for it. I'm ready to like be digested and return to the mushrooms. It's, yeah, that's amazing. You know, Fantastic Fungi is a much must watch documentary if you haven't seen it yet. I just really helps you connect with that. I feel like connecting to plants and mushrooms are kind of together. I actually am growing. I'm pursuing growing mushrooms as well because I do not live in a rainforest like you do. So um, I don't, I have some mushrooms in my forest, but it's really way more rare. You know, it's the season because it's rainy right now, which is lovely, but hundreds of varieties I can't even comprehend. So I'm going to grow some of my own and I'm excited about that pursuit of, of um, cultivating mushrooms in the way that I've been cultivating houseplants and, and eating them and, and consuming them and sharing them and drawing them and having all the experiences with mushrooms as well. Oh, I'm so excited for Deidre's mushroom farm uh, or mushroom sanctuary. I don't know what you'll call it. Who knows, but we're definitely going to share it on the, on the, my give plants a chance with Miss Bliss on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 420 at Miss Bliss 710 on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, you go, <laughs> you go live on Facebook and Instagram. I just post what I do on Instagram to Facebook. I download it. Yeah. Okay. So it's live on Instagram, Miss Bliss 710, every yep. Tuesday and Thursday at 420. Um, yep. The Glowing Goddess Getaway recently shifted to weekends only, right? So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right. And, and we're probably going to add Monday. We'll talk about that later, though, in private. Okay. Um, so, uh, so that's just for people to know. So the Glowing Goddess Getaway, just to give an update, it's an in-person event <laughs> that really can't happen until the quarantine's over. So we're thinking, like, I feel like there's some, some, some tentative planning to, to do it COVID safe this summer. Um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to find a way to connect virtually that's more profound than just Instagram or something uh, or Facebook. Uh, so we're going to make our virtual connections more legit by uh, um, enhancing the virtual experience somehow. We're gonna figure that out. And then if we can be safe, we will. But the point of the Glowing Goddess Getaway is can of sisterhood, really. So we're just finding any way we can to connect and using social media as our tool. And we're gonna be using some um, like in-house tools on our website more and just really trying to connect with our community in the new landscape that we've been given because this is where we're at you know yeah it is this is where we're at and i think i have just been so so first of all i was so supported and so glad and grateful that you and saline really like drove to keep those those 420 connections happening on instagram and also glad and grateful when you shifted because like you know that's a lot going live every day which i also did is a lifestyle and it is it's rough actually it's a lot of work to figure out what to talk about how to connect and to be ready and on and like and in spite of anything going on right like it's very show business um and but it makes good connections and also i always love to see people shifting and i like that you're really centering like your kind of personal brand i hate to say it like that because it's really just authentic humanness um <laughs> <laughs> personal I, I live out loud that's how I say it I live out loud so so you're like focusing on give plants a chance which is like was your rally and cry long before the quarantine but now that you're really like even more vibing up with plants like I just uh, I love to watch people grow into further passions and I'm very inspired by other people's passions and um it's like it's like as an empath someone who's passionate about something vibes me up so much same yeah talent is fun to you know and and skill and knowledge and passion and excitement all those things are really fun to to see someone else 
uh, they can be very inspirational. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Other than glowing goddess getaway and miss bliss 710 on Instagram and Facebook, where else can people find you or connect to you? Um, so glowinggoddessgetaway.com, you know, um, and that's really, that's really the best places to, to get me right now. We're going to be, we're working on, uh, glowing goddess getaway, expand, expanding that platform and creating more ways for women to connect virtually, because that is where we're at. Like we wanted 2020 to be an anomaly. Turns out it's not turns out it's not mm -hmm. so it turns out we got to pivot hard and 2020 I kind of we like just showed up kind of bare bones for our community every day we're gonna be here we have no idea what's happening we're just gonna find a way to make it through together but now we're like oh, okay this this is where we're at and so we're gonna create stronger connections than ever before in virtual ways Absolutely. And I am so glad and grateful to have you in my life, Deidre. Thank you for being on the podcast and sharing yeah. with them. And I hope whoever's listening was able to glow up in some way from some yeah. magic that you shared and can use plants to help amplify the vibe. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Bevan. It's great to be here with you. Yay.